Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose, and I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Broadwasted listeners. Brian here. Just wanted to let you know that we recorded this episode with Eddie before social distancing. So we do mention things like. Go get your tickets to Beetlejuice. Unfortunately, uh, you cannot get tickets to Beetlejuice, but you can listen to the album everywhere. So listen to it again and again and again. As you probably know already, it's wonderful. We also put one of the songs from the album at the end of this episode. So keep on listening. Um, But again, we recorded this before social distancing. uh, So we really hope you enjoy. And of course, we hope that you and your family are both safe and healthy. And now for your regularly scheduled Broad Wasted. Hello and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky. I'm ready for a good old-fashioned wedding. Ready, set? Not yet. I'm not running away from the right of their lives. There's no reason except for the whole being dead thing. That invisible, beautiful sound is what I now know. If I go home and say my name, it would be Barbara 2.0. Joining us today (laughs) are the usual dead moms and creepy old guys jumping in the line, including Kevin Deo Jager. Yeah, Deo. Kimberly, our Girl Scout game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. I was a Girl Scout until I was 18. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you go to the end? Like a a woman scout? (laughs) No, you... Are a Girl Scout at the end. You That's get like the, the President's Award or something? What do you get? Oh, you're silver and gold. I didn't do that. Oh, Jamie did that. Silver did she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and gold. <laughs> I know. Uh, and with us today is quite the Renaissance dead man. He's an Australian TV star who, that joke didn't work. He's an Australian <laughs> TV I star. It. Yeah, thank you. Who has won almost every award down under. You probably mostly know him from his recent Broadway work as the music man behind King Kong and Beetlejuice. Let's give a big broad waist and <laughs> welcome to friend of, show, <laughs> friend of the friend show. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Eddie Perfect! Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Cheers! Cheers! Yes! Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Like you guys. Oh, I miss I, you. There you go. Yeah, we've got to do that. Uh, I don't, I mean, I want to keep it positive. 18 does feel a little old to be a Girl Scout, right? I Isn't would it? agree. Talk <laughs> to my mother. I was thinking that too. I was like, don't you come like a lady scout? Like, yeah, Maybe it, I was 17 when you're so like, There's boy scouts it. become eagle scouts. Like, right. Don't you yeah. become like dove scout or no, something? No, so you're like a, brown, a daisy, a brownie, a junior, 
and then a Girl Scout. Oh. So I became a Girl Scout when I was like 16 or something. I just love the idea of like a jaded 17 year old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Buy, buy these cookies. Buy them. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> there were like two girls left in my troop because my mom wouldn't let me quit. And I was just like, all right, guys. You've got to be the last. I'm, You've got to be the last in your troop. <laughs> I was like, guys, I am you are not the doing the Silver and Gold Award. I'm auditioning for colleges this year. Like, let's. Be yeah. real Is about it even this. a troop at that point when there's like two of you? <laughs> I don't know. Emily, what did we call ourselves? Yeah, the last girls count. <laughs> yeah. Last girl. <laughs> this is like 18 year olds smoking yeah, in the really corner. Really angry. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> ironing on their I feel patches. like Troop Beverly Hills is a very different meeting now. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh God, Am I your first Australian? Or any what? Our, Our first, first Australian. Australian. Yes, I think yes. so. Brian was just in Australia. I was. So I spent a month that in that a beautiful counts. country. Which bit? Uh, I flew into Sydney. I went down to Sydney to Melbourne. I went from Melbourne to Cairns. And he says it right. He doesn't say Melbourne like all of us. I know. You, you're a pro. <laughs> yeah. And even Cairns. I think Cairns. he got yelled at a few times. Uh, <laughs> Cairns, I worked my way down the coast back to Sydney. So I did... Uh, cans. On the railroads? What were you doing? Cans to Herbie Bay and uh, Fraser Island. Was it Great Depression? Was yeah. crazy. <laughs> Worked my way down. Yeah. Just, you know. Looking for work wherever I could get naked. Oh, yeah. Me and my bindle. Cutting pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I spent time in the Gold Coast, Byron Bay, and then I worked, and then I got back to Sydney, and then mm. I went back. So all of Australia. Nice. Me and Kevin. Oh, were I didn't here. even cover like at all. I mean, I'm, I would have loved to have gone to Alice Springs. Did you go Outback. to the Outback? I did not. I flew over it. Did you participate in a in a boxing match in a tent? I did not. No. Okay. <laughs> so you're not really Australian. Yeah. I didn't pretend to be. <laughs> did you have a kangaroo? Uh, did you eat a kangaroo? Yes, I ate a kangaroo, and I all of it. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I ate just a kangaroo burger. Just the face. Yeah, just the face. Yeah, we do eat kangaroo in Australia, and you know, yeah. um, is it good? Uh yeah, it, it I'm I'm a I'm vegetarian, oh, so I don't so eat no. kangaroo anymore. But like I did eat a bit of kangaroo. I mean, if you think about it, kind of um, environmentally, like they are very like low venison, impact, low water, yeah. free range, and they uh, and there's a lot of them. But yeah. um, uh, but yeah, they're very it's a very lean kind of meat. I only ask if you, I'm the first Australian because um, I know this is like a, I I got this. Email from the guy that's doing publicity for the album for yeah. Juice, Dan Fortune. Love yeah, that guy. yeah, he's great, great awesome guy. Great friend, friend of the show. Oh yeah, uh, exactly. I can't say oh, definitely. Show. Yeah, yeah and no, he um, he's like, okay, he's like very, very polite and American. He's like, this is, um, it's called Broad Wasted, and you know, it's kind of everyone drinks and there are games and stuff, and just want you to be across that. You don't have to drink. And I was like, what? I'm Australian. <laughs> I was like, I, and I wouldn't listen to a whole bunch of your shows. I was like, Yay. I was a little bit skeptical. I was like, is this really a drinking show or is this, is this bollocks? But um, I, I think you, I was just checking. I think you're the first Australian. Yeah. Right. I can't think of another one. Well, let's do this. Let's yeah. do this hard. Because <laughs> what, um, what, is that a stereotype? Uh, yeah. Maybe not yeah. a stereotype, I think you like, are think proud of. Kind of just a yeah. thing. It is a bit of a stereotype, Absolutely. but it's also one of those stereotypes that, is that has fact yeah. you behind know. it. Yes. Cool. Yeah, like Scandinavians are great at skiers and Americans are great at ordering takeout on apps. Yep. <laughs> 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 it's true, we'll take that. I'm 
colleagues. Smoke, you guys are amazing at yeah. that. And yeah, we were so Is many. That not a thing? Well, our seamless will be delivered in 20 minutes. No. <laughs> I didn't realize you, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't Nowhere. have to interact with anyone no. except no. the guy that comes to your door. No, but I feel guilty. Yeah. I've ordered like. Um, you know, without wanting to plug anything, I'm like on Uber Eats and Seamless yeah, and yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah. I'm slowly working out the things. Which one's good? <laughs> but I live in a five-story walk-up. So do and I. I'm like, I don't want to. Do you make the guy walk upstairs? I'm like, I go yeah, downstairs. Yeah, but I tip 20%. Right. See, that's the difference. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another Australian yeah, yeah, stereotype. Exactly. But I do Americans, though, we're like, we're like, I'd rather pay a little bit more to not move from my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I will give you $5 for a dollar per flight is basically the gist. Oh, that's but great. when I first moved to the city, I and lived in a five-floor walk-up. And your walk-up is intense. Yeah. Well, when I first moved to the city, I lived in like a brownstone five-floor walk-up, and it was really steep stairs. Mm. And I like had never lived by myself before, and so then I would go downstairs and get stuff. There have been times that I've gone up to Kimberly's really apartment and on like the fourth floor, I'm like, I live here now. I'm not leaving. This You're is like, way too far. Is it easier to turn around and go back down, yeah, or do or one just, more flight? Exactly. And I'm yeah. so used to it. <laughs> do you have a doorman now? No, I do not have a doorman. Do you yeah, have a doorman? No, I don't have a doorman. You're a five floor walk I'm, I'm like, I'm not into the doorman. I don't. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, you got to get a doorman. They, they're like, they take your. Packages. That's it. Is that dry cleaning. Well, Kevin, you were a doorman for a while. Or you were a concierge. I was a concierge. Yeah, they'll like take your dry cleaning out and bring it back for you. I think. Don't disrespect concierges <laughs> by calling I've doorman. I've babysat yeah. at places where they would bring the dry cleaning to the door. Every doorman I've seen is either drunk or like sucking on a weed pen like a crazy <laughs> It's so <laughs> true. It's like, I'll hail you uh, uh, uh. a cab. Well, on that note, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Well, Brian and I... We have something new. We're drinking something new. Kimberly's drinking a different varietal, and I can actually use that word this yeah. time. So our uh, our friends at Buttonwood Grove, uh, Buttonwood Grove is a delightful name. Yeah, sounds great. Um, We like a fairy garden. Yeah, it does. We are drinking the Kevin and I are drinking the red Cabernet Franc. It's so good. Kimberly drinking the Chardonnay, which is white. Also good. Yes, uh, which is white wine. This is actually from the Finger Lakes. uh, So it's actually in Romulus, just north of Ithaca. For those of you who know, that's in New York. I know Ithaca because that's where I went to school. You did. Um, But our listeners have never heard you say that. (laughs) (laughs) But there are a ton of vineyards up there. We're drinking the wine now and. this is what they're no, best the known for. The Cabernet so, Franc. Let me take a step back. We're we're featuring different wines uh, from different like uh, vineyards, either locally or in a certain area. This um, is much classier than of us than yes. our usual. Just like this tequila. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, this is the Chardonnay that Kimberly is drinking. Um, has more of a subtle oak flavor. Ah, yes. If you're if you're interested in that. Um, but it has, helping it to retain its uh, bright fruit forward character, if you will. Do you, do you taste that? I taste the character. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Characters welcome, USA. And <laughs> Kevin and I are and drinking... the character's like, the bar, yeah, below. The Cobb Franc. Yeah, Cab Franc. Um, Kevin, what do you taste in it? Um, I would say that it has, like, some nice, like, like... I'm loving Kevin Stone talking about wine. Say more. With like an earthiness to it uh-huh. and like a nice clean finish. Well, it's a, a cool red wine climate is great because it, it brightens the acidity uh, and makes it a perfect f- uh, food pairing. Oh my God, I would love to have this I want to say steak. that this says this is our family favorite. Yeah, yeah. They, which well, makes it seem like yeah they drink are they a, lot a family of company or are they feed yes. it to their family? Oh no, they're a family company. They oh, cool. they now produce all wines. They produce the grapes and they 
um, they actually produce the wine uh, at the winery. They do tours and all fun stuff like that. We should do that. Yeah. Buttonwood, they're all over it. They've yeah. got it they nailed. Got it yes, covered. It, has, does it have a buttery taste on that Chardonnay? It is kind of buttery. Yeah. Or more oaky than buttery. Yeah, sure. But delish. And then uh, what are you drinking? I like it. Well, I, um, I kind of went method on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was cooking dinner for the kids, and I was drinking... Um, some Glenmorangie, which is like a, yeah. a, a beautiful single malt scotch. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm here and I heard about the drink cabinet, for those of you a little behind the BTS, uh, behind the scenes, not the band, um, we have a wine closet essentially. We have a wine closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, that until recently didn't have any wine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have a closet. Mezcal is something I've only discovered since living in America, and I've only oh, been in America really? for two years. And mezcal, I was like a little bit. I was, uh, tequila in Australia is not a good situation. It's not great quality. And in the United States of America, obviously, proximity to Mexico, um, there is some amazing tequila. I'm, I'm yeah. mansplaining tequila oh, yeah. to you now. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate oh. it. But mezcal is amazing. Like I love the smokiness of it, and it's the closest thing I've come to like, uh, you know, uh, you know, a whiskey. It's like a North American whiskey. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not so much into the kind of rye and the bourbon unless it's in like a Manhattan or something. yeah, sure, sure. Like sure old yeah. fashioned. Um, oh yeah, but you can like sip on a mezcal. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I'll drink it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like it sounds like I'm picky, but if I'm in a wood cabin and there's a bottle of rye, you'll drink it. You'll drink it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's yeah. it? You're drinking the Monte Lobos mezcal. Yep. Uh, we love bottles. that. The bottle is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's got a kind of a little bit stained glass window kind of. Yeah. I don't know what you call that, but it's yeah. beautiful. It's got a wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, obviously the manly as hell. Yeah, because yeah, like Montalobos is that like a mountain wolf? I think is it that means what I mean? Wolf. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Well, but um, wolf. yeah. So cheers, everyone. Yeah, yeah cheers. Cheers. Salud. Thank you so much, and uh, let's uh, let's get yeah. into it. What's your favorite musical? Sweeney Todd. Why? Yeah. Why? Because it's the first musical I ever heard. And cool. my dad, I don't know why, but my dad, uh, I'm, I'm thinking I've got to be, it's got to be, I was born in 77, so we're talking about, like, you know, the, maybe the, it's the Angela Lansbury, George Hearn, oh, I think yeah. 1984. Um, that DVD, yeah. Yeah. It, um, it was simulcast on um, the national radio in Australia. And my dad, with incredible foresight, recorded onto two cassettes. He put those in the combi van that was our family car. Mm-hmm. And I, live, I grew up in um, Victoria, which is one southeastern state of mm-hmm. um, Australia. And my parents are both high school teachers. Every single vacation we had, and they had vacations because they were teachers, mm-hmm. uh, we went camping we never went overseas I didn't get overseas until I was uh, I, I want to say like 27 oh. wow. and so we all of our time and every holiday was spent in the bush hiking camping cool and um, so a lot of the a lot of the time they were like eight hour drives and we listened to the Sweeney Todd soundtrack a lot that and um, the Pirates of Penzance with Kevin Clyde. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, also Angela Lansbury. Yeah. 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 That's a great that album. Double Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sensing a theme. Life yeah. is always better with a double Lansbury. Yeah. But I actually think that, you know, that all of my, my 
writing style and lyrical style can be traced back to those two mus- sure. musicals. I have a, <laughs> what a combo. profound sense of the kind of like the dark and the wordy. Yeah. I think it would be yeah. my sure. flavors. And I loved Sweeney Todd because it was a, it felt like an incredibly macabre and brave thing to write a musical about. And also the idea of um, uh, revenge, you know, like revenge is a, is not something that turns up in modern Broadway because modern Broadway has mostly become about transformation, you know. Yeah. The outsider transforming or acceptance, you know. This is about, um, you know, obviously everyone listening to this knows what Swinney Todd is about, but the idea of, like, uh, losing your soul through revenge is not something that makes no. up the <laughs> yeah. topic of most contemporary musicals. And um, I well, I think that's so interesting to bring up because, like, when you think about kind of the construct of musical theater and the history of it, like, one of the reasons that Sondheim does stand out, aside from the actual like brilliance of the lyrics and whatnot, is his thematic. Whatever he does thematically in all those are just so different than what the mainstream is. That's something I never really thought about. Like, you should not be able to make a musical out of, like, 90% of his repertoire. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's such a good point. Yeah, and every musical he wrote was wildly different. I know, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I agree with you, and also say that that, that he he was a wildly experimental person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do fairy tales, but sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, let's do fairy tales, but then then push through to after happy ever after. Uh, you know, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, and even though oh my god, strike me down, God, <laughs> I don't love Into the Woods as a, sure. a musical. It's not one of my favorites, and that comes from actually being in it. I liked it a lot more until I was in it. And Who did you play? I played the baker. Mm-hmm. Right, and I found it like a really difficult thing to be an actor in because you're kind of like you have to you have to stay in your lane and you share your story with multiple people and it's almost like um film or tv where like uh you know you get little vignettes of all these different characters and they do conversion otherwise but, but when you get to your moment when you get to your like uh what's oh, that's oh my god the um yeah. um the baker's act two song oh no more no more yeah yeah i just couldn't Get there. Maybe that's my limit. That's probably my limitations as an actor. But um, don't forget, see him in nine to five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we solve all those problems. (laughs) (laughs) All problems of Into the Woods. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Standing on the shoulders of giants. But uh, (laughs) you know. Oh yeah. (laughs) But it's a lot more satisfying to watch as an an audience member. Yeah, for sure. sure. Because you don't care about the actors. You don't care about actors. No one cares about actors. Yeah, but it's Mm. true. You spend a lot of time off stage, and then all of a sudden you're at like the peak of your character. No, that's a that's a very good point. Yes, it's also very hard to to learn without without griping. Because um, what Into the Woods has is repetition with slight variation. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I, I work on a television a show in Australia variation. called Play School, which yeah. is um, a children's television show, and that is full of repetition with tiny, tiny variation. And it's so hard right. to learn because you're like, what is it to get to give, to buy, to sell, yeah. to go? Yeah, but it's, ama- it's amazing. But Sweeney Todd, absolutely, because it's 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 one of the most incredible scores Have you done that show? Ever. No, no, I've never done that Did score. you get to see it, the Barrow Street production? No, I've never. Oh, that was so I don't good. think I've ever seen a production on stage. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. The Dude, one they did in ever? the pie shop. Like, is it at this point, are you just going to be like, 
this lives in a world and a pedestal that no production will ever do. Oh, yeah, before. like I'll never go, oh, that's it. I would, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't, I would never say never. It will the never only, get above what you heard in the, in the car. <laughs> the one show I, I said, I will never see this show in my life. Like I literally said it Beatles out loud a, a lot of times. No. Yeah, Beatles, never. <laughs> it, was, um, it was Cats. I was like, I will never go and see Cats. Okay. I was so like arrogantly anti-Cats. Yeah. Anti I was like, I wouldn't, I will, I don't just say it to anyone. I will never see a production of Cats, no matter what happens. And I had this amazing experience where um, for two years I was one of the artistic directors of the Adelaide Cabaret Festival, which is an amazing festival. Cool. We've had incredible American artists over there. Uh, I met Andrew Lipper there, uh, Jason oh, cool. Robert Brown. Great. Um, it's, it's a really great festival. Cool. And, um, when I was the artistic director of it, you have to kind of bring the arts minister, the political arts minister in before you launch the program, go through the whole program. You know, he's the guy signing all the checks, mm -hmm. showing what's going arts on. Minister? You know, so he feels like, yeah, feels like, you know, he's getting his bang for his buck and he's special. It's all good. And so I live in Melbourne. I flew to Adelaide to do that. And at the end of that presentation, he was like, well... I've got a surprise for you guys. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to perform a one-man production of Cats. <laughs> you know this, but Cats was like on in Adelaide. It's like I've oh. got you guys open tickets? night tickets to Cats. Oh. And you're sitting right next to me. <laughs> so you have to go. <laughs> and I'd already go. said I wasn't doing anything because I was like, I had nothing to do. I was there to do that. And so I had to go to Cats, and I was like, well played, universe. <laughs> <laughs> well played. And so the first act, I didn't, I, I, it's not my favorite show. Sure. I don't like to, you know, I don't you, have to. Yeah, run no, out we, we can say that. We can say that here. We, yeah. we have we all know yeah. what deeply is. about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, some people are really connected to it. I, I've never really, like, massively connected to it. And there was some kind of, like, weird updates to the show that made it more contemporary, like, with... Um, dogs? What? No, it was... Yeah, there are I dogs. Wish. The Pounce and the Powerful. Oh, yeah, Pal sure, sure, Pal sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Aaron, I believe tell you. Me. But there was, like, a hip-hop song in there. What? what? Yeah, and one of the cats rapped. But with a backwards baseball cap. And oh, I've heard of this update. I, I know what? you're talking about. Yeah. Really? white man. Yeah, I Did have heard Andrew this. Did Andrew Lloyd Webber write the rap song? I, don't know. I think he at least okayed it. Which cat? The rap I don't cat. think I want to know. The Jason Drillo cat, I think. Rum Tum Tugger raps? I think so. Sure. Yeah. He, yeah, he sure. raps. It's a Rum Tum well, Tugger rap. Let's play a game. On that note, let's play a game. Yeah. Okay. Tugger rap. Yes, but now, which one should we do first? It's oh, up to you. Okay. I say game number one first. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know Groundbreaking. I down in. <laughs> um, I have a game called Say My Name. Oh. Um, these are Lights of Broadway show cards. So what? they are trading cards of some Broadway performers. There are also some directors and creative team members. Have you not seen these? these? No, these yeah. are things? Like yeah. 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 has a card. Alex has a card. It's what Alex somewhere. I'm so yeah, Alex has a card. I just worked out seamless. I can't <laughs> work out. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Thanks, Squigs. Um, so what you're going to do... Oh, my God. <laughs> um... Everyone will take a card. It's a little bit like guess who meets 20 questions. Okay. So everyone will take a card. That is who you are. We are all trying to guess. We will go around in order and choose someone to ask a yes or no question to. Okay. Um, you can only guess on your next turn. Got it. But the person next to you can guess. 
Instead of asking a question. Yes. You can like either gonna... ask a question or guess I'm okay. gonna, who I'm gonna you ruin, are. I'm going to ruin this game, but I mean, I mean. Can we do an example? Yeah. So she means like if I had like a card of Brian Plofsky, like I could be like, Kimberly, ask me a question. And she'd be like. Is he my husband's best friend? Yes. But then she can't guess. But then he, if it's his turn, he can say, is it Brian Plofsky? Okay, sure. Instead of asking a question or he can ask a question. Yeah. Okay, great. It's a bit like the time that Brian had Glenn close and then we all yelled at him. For not, for not knowing who Glenn, knowing. yeah. We, no, it, I knew who Glenn took, Close was. It took us like 15 minutes to guess Glenn Close. And he was giving us all the right clues, but we just could not You're get like, it. You're like, what a Tony? Recently? <laughs> like, it was really bad. Did you get onto the anthem? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everyone pick a card. If you don't know that person, you can put them back. Yeah, we're okay, oh I'm God. good. I miraculously got someone who I know. Yay! Yay! Olivia Newton-John! <laughs> <laughs> you jumped at me. I know, like, like who are Kate Blanchett. I think I do. <laughs> yeah, Nicole Kidman. We're not just keep naming. Just naming oh, yeah. all <laughs> Do we have um, any more? Mel Gibson. Kevin starts, because he's Kevin. Okay, um, and I'm, I get to pick somebody to ask a question to, correct? Yeah, I'm going to put it like on my phone. So uh, Brian. Yes. Um, are you, have you been in a Broadway show this season? No. Your turn. So then I can choose. Ask anyone a question. Sure. Kimberly. Yes. Is your person identify as a male or a female? It's a yes or no question. Oh, is, does your person identify as male? No. Okay. Um, Kevin. Yes. Have you won a Tony? <laughs> He's checking, checking, checking. Because I'm shocked, but yes. Thank right. you. I'm not shocked that yes. I thought it was going to be no, but then I remembered yes. Okay. Okay. You would have been shocked. Okay. So Eddie's now turn. you ask, right? Okay. Yes. Um, no, Eddie's turn. Eddie's turn. Oh, um, Kimberly. Yes. Oh, we're going like that. Is your um, Broadway person a female or identifies as a female? Yes. <gasps> Does that make another question? No. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> if you get a yes, you get to keep asking? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know how fun. you do That's a good rule. I like York, that. But in Australia, we get... No, I like that. That's right. a new rule. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. All right. We're real um, fluid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm is, proud of us. Is your performer above the age of 40? Yes. Um, is your performer a Tony Award winner? Yes. Um, hmm. Is your performer Patty Lapone? No. That was what I what thought too. A good guess. Oh. oh, wait, how can we keep guessing for you? I didn't even know if Patty Lapone is one. It's Kevin's turn. When it gets to my turn, she, she has a she has, she has okay. Sorry. She's two. For Evita and Gypsy. I'm slow on the uptake on this game. I'm so sorry. Because it was That's amazing okay. because when she won for Gypsy, she was like, it's taken me 20 years to get back up here. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. It was oh, so good. Yeah. Um, oh, that was my clip in the trivia episode. Uh, Eddie. Yes. Is your Broadway person an American? Yes. Um, Eddie, is your Broadway person uh, identify as a female? New. Uh, Kimberly. Yes. Is your person the other person from War Paint, Christine Ebersol? No. Oh. Um, did she win a Tony? For Great Gardens, right? Yeah, she did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Oh my god, my cat is. I think you guys heard over forty and went like, "All right, women in their 70s. <laughs> Wait, your cat is in a Grey Garden situation. Yeah, go on. Yeah, eating tuna from your belly. She's a yeah. Kennedy. No, we had to when we She's when we Kennedy. moved to New York, we had to um, find a place for our cat to live. Little uh, little cat, oh. and, um, and you didn't bring her. You. No, God. Can yeah. you? That's a long Well, we're in, a, we're in a non-pet apartment. Oh, okay. oh so sure. Don't get me started on that. But, yeah, um, yeah start, so we start, found this old, <laughs> an, an older woman who had an elderly um, mother, and they live in a slightly dilapidated kind of like New, uh, New York style, but like massive architect-designed Turek mansion, and they're obsessed with our cat, and we're never getting our cat back. We've, we've learned you that. accept that yeah, yeah. we accept that alright but it is a beautiful house but yeah. it's uh, like a great garden yeah. situation that's incredible I'm going to start referring I, I would say that, that too yeah just be like oh it's a great garden situation yeah. it is you've got to have respect for the great garden situation yeah. amen like, of course you've got the head, you got the head wrap on you're in a wheelchair it's, the cat can stay yeah I understand if we if we named every episode like by a quote from the episode this one would totally be you have to have respect for the Grey Garden situation <laughs> you do yeah I'm gonna put a listen Kimberly you're up um, Eddie is your person an actor yeah of course mm. have they won Does a that, Tony uh, well there are some directors in the pile oh yes um, have they won a Tony I don't I don't think so okay now it's your turn okay um I'm on, a, I'm on a Kimberly role uh-huh. now. Um, w- uh, was your performer in um, uh, Broadway season in the last three years? Check it out. Check it out. I'm going to go with no. Okay. What was the age range for yours? Over 40. 40 to 70. So you all thought 70. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, oh, I understand your comment. I'm going to try to keep jumping on this. Kimberly. Yeah. Is your person still alive? Yes. Okay. It's not Gwen Verdon. Great. Um, Kimberly. What? Gwen Verdon is dead? What? <laughs> oh, I like, am I wrong? I was like, is Kimberly, is your person in a Grey Garden situation? Okay. <laughs> uh, Kimberly, is your person known for being a dancer? No. Okay. All right. Kimberly, is your person Kristen Chenoweth? No. Mm. Um... I like that we're all gagging up on Kimberly, though. And I know, so now I have to choose <laughs> like random. We have the most information so far. Right. It's true. And now I don't remember anything about yours, and so I have to keep the it men- <laughs> <laughs> It's like, Kevin, what was it you said about your person? <laughs> yes or no questions. Kevin, can I have a recap? Um, yes. I fell down. Um, Eddie, yes. is your performer over 40? I would say yes. Okay. Is your performer currently on Broadway? Uh, No. Oh, yeah, okay, team. all right, Kimberly, let's get there. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, um, has your performer ever performed in a Sondheim musical? No. Oh, that does really narrow it down. Of, yeah. That I know of. Right, right, right. Kimberly? Yes. Is your person known as a belter? Yes. Okay. Um, Kimberly? Yes. Has your person been in a 
the voice of a Disney film? Yes. No, I know the answer. Stop. But I can't guess, right? No, you can't because it was a yes answer. Uh, is your person a Dina Menzel? Damn. Yes. Wow. So does that mean I win or you're out? That's why I was so mad. Because like, over you all with Patty LaPone. No, like, the second I guessed, the second I guess Chenoweth, her reaction to it, I knew I got the wrong one. Well, yeah. you lose and I get a point. No, no, no. Oh yeah, you definitely get a point. Right, but yeah. you also lose. No. All right. So wait, yeah, if I got it right, do I am I done or do I get to ask somebody else a question? No, now? ask someone else a question. Yeah. Yes, Brian. Oh, Let's get Brian out. Okay, Brian. You're still you, going. I thought we were done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> Strap yourselves in, guys. <laughs> oh, I mean, in Australia, this would be like everyone would be out. From now on, we're only having Australians on the show because <laughs> yeah. this is my favorite yeah. so far. Also, Melbourne is my favorite city. It was spectacular when I went. Look, don't patronize me. But no, 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 it is a great city. Well, New York and Melbourne are similar. Yeah, are they? Yeah, I mean, because we all call it New Rooks if we live here instead of Melbourne. I don't know. Yet Melbourne has the most insane amount of bars that I think you can go to a bar every night and you'll never make it. What's the rooftop bar? Satan something? Naked for Satan. Yeah, I went to Naked for Satan and then I went... There's a place called Naked for Satan? Yeah. Kevin, we must go. I know. I was just like, why didn't we go with you in your suitcase? I don't know. It's got a great view. Yeah. It's in Fitzroy. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I spent most of my time in Fitzroy. Yeah. And I spent most of the time The bar was Rook's Return. Oh, yes. That's in the sort of more in the CBD, right? Uh, I mean, it's still in Fitzroy. It's like eight blocks south of uh, oh God. Uh, Naked for Satan. Well, I'm, I've got two kids, so I'm less cool than... Yeah, I've got no idea what the bars are. <laughs> there are some amazing... Yeah, are they little kids? Are uh, they eight and ten. Okay, so like middle kids. Yeah. Oh, more, middle kids. Middle, yeah, they're in middle school. Yeah, they're where, like middle age. all of your educational nightmares happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you're like, oh my God, I had the worst experience. Did it happen in middle school? Yes. yes. Yeah. Middle school is like the worst place. Is How is grade school broken true. up in Australia? We have two, so you don't have to worry about the whole three thing. There's one less school to worry about. Sure. So you basically go elementary, we call it primary school, from mm-hmm. prep or pre-K, whatever, to uh, year six, sixth grade, and then you go from seventh to twelfth grade, which is high school. All at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I think that's Canada, too, based on my limited viewership of Degrassi. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right Eddie, I have a question. <laughs> go. Uh, your person. Yes. Um, have they also done, like, TV and film? Yes. Is that? I'm so enthusiastic because yeah. I just thought of the film. <laughs> Not big major roles, but there was a, one that I'm thinking of. That was, yeah. Is your person Nathan Lane? No. That's <sighs> a good guess. Oh, I love Nathan Lane. He's so yeah. good. But he's also an attorney. Has he? Yeah. I Two? would imagine. Three? Didn't he win for... Uh, producers? He, Adam's Family? He won no, he won no. for Pseudolus. So he won for Pseudolus? He, I know for a fact he won... For, did he win for... I think... Did he win for Guys That's and Dolls? That's not what we need to debate Pseudolus? here. Just he won something. Just he definitely Guys. just recently won for Angels in America, but... Oh, he did. Um, There's a game to be played. Uh... Kevin. Yes. <laughs> what information do we know about you person already? Uh, can you just can you just know that they've I'm won out. a Tony? <laughs> okay, and that they are—I think we got out that they're a woman, to- a woman Tony, a woman named Tony. Um, Antoinette Perry. Is your? Uh, I'm just gonna. Uh, has your person ever been in Wicked? No. Okay. Oh, that narrows it down. I was in the guest room. <laughs> it's like flick 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 flick. Do you get Do to I still get to guess? Yeah, might as well. Sure. 
Um, Brian. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Is your person currently on Broadway? No. Cool. <laughs> okay, um, Brian. Yeah, I can't remember anything about Brian. I can't person. remember either. That's why I was trying to be like, is your person a, a person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We've established mm, that. Is your person no. work on Broadway? Yes. Um, is your person? Did we work out even a gender? No. Is your person uh, male identified or male? No. Oh, God. Kevin. Okay. Um, Brian. Up on sure. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. Whoever whoever can guess mine wins. Okay. Brian, is it Glenn Close? Way to make <laughs> it. <laughs> no, that would have been so good. Brian. Um, Way to make it all about yourself. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> all Kevin wants is to get me out. That's I all really he wants. I really do. That's all I care about. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just don't Is your person known as a belter? No. Okay. Okay. So they're not. Um, is your person under the age of 40? No. Is your person still alive? No. <gasps> oh, that <laughs> that's it? That was well, magic I know what cards Go ahead, have. go ahead. Oh. You, you can still play. Can I ask questions so it doesn't feel like I'm new? Yes. Sure, cards sure. I did. Is your person a soprano? Yes. Um, James Gandolfini. What? Is the show Sopranos. Oh. Is your person Barbara Cook? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, love, I saw Barbara Cook in Melbourne. Did you? Oh, really? At the really? Regent Theatre. Was she amazing? Um, she was amazing. And this is maybe 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, no, I don't know how long it's been, how long it was. It was before I had kids and my eldest is 10, so I reckon maybe 12 years ago. And um, she did this amazing thing. This amazing thing that I've never seen before. For her, It was just her and a pianist. And for her closing number... She put her mic down. Mm. They turned all the mics off, and if you obviously people won't know the Regent Theatre, which is in um, on Collins Street in Melbourne, it's it's like bigger than the Broadway. It's a ginormous theatre. It's about yeah. two and a half thousand seats. On two thousand seats. Wow. I so walked by a lot of theatres in Melbourne, so I'm going to pretend that I walked by that one. So cool. Wicked was very successful in that sure. venue. Sure. Um, it's, it's the kind of blockbuster. What part of the city is it? The big one. Um, it's right in the central business district. Oh, in, uh, on I, Collins Street. It's right by the market. No, it's opposite the town hall. Oh, right okay. The corner of Swanson Street and Collins Street, and um, it's a huge cavernous space. And she was singing so well, and she did some songs that I've still never been able to find. There's a song that <gasps> really? she sang called "When the Love you, One You Love Won't Love Back," which she said was like an um, auto hub harbour kind of tune mm-hmm. and I've looked it up and I can't really find it but it's got it's it's one of those am- amazing lyrics where mind-blowing lyrics but she did this thing at the end of the the show where she just put the mic down and stood at the end of the stage in this cavernous space and just sang and everybody leaned in and listened to everything and it was amazing What's the first that? time um I'm ashamed to say I can't remember what song it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's well, powerful that you remember that the whole experience. It was, it was yeah. a show called Mostly Sondheim. That was the name of her show. It was that's probably so right good. after she did Sondheim on Sondheim. Yeah. Which I saw and was obsessed with. Oh, so good. I wonder She's if it was, so oh, that song from Evening Well, who Primrose. is your person, just called? so that we know? Oh, Adam yeah. Pascal. Oh, that would have been tough. Kevin, um, what did you have? 
Mine was a Grey Gardens thing. I was Christine Eversoll. Oh, <laughs> so good. That's very funny. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about Beetlejuice, if you don't mind. God. <laughs> that show again. I've run out of booze. Can I just point out? That yeah, what do you want? Do you want booze. something else? You want? We have tequila. You want to try some more tequila? We, we have, have rum. Tequila, right? We have a Chipotle tequila. If you want to get fancy, uh, spicy yeah, I'm gonna try that. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Cool. So we have the Tanteo tequila for you, uh, but we have the Chipotle one right there. The Tanteo. Oh, yes, and that's got a little spark to it. And I actually, while he's sipping that, I actually just poured myself some of the Chardonnay from Button. Uh, from Buttonwood Grove, and uh, it's really good, Kimberly. You're right. It's delightful. Yeah. Delightful. Yeah. I don't know. How, how are you feeling about the Tanteo? Is it weird? Is it okay? Well, it's nice, but it's, it's I can tell already it's going to be a little bit of an ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> you need ice? Yeah. That's so good. I need ice. I need yeah. Ice. ice will fix it. Ice uh, fixes everything. Ice, ice <laughs> fixes everything. Oh my god, I'm in the sweet baby. <laughs> That's uh, so let's talk That's about the meth musical. <laughs> yeah. the meth Aspects musical? of meth. Oh god, Kevin, next year's radio play. I got it. I'm working on it yeah. right now. Uh, breaking Broadway stage. <laughs> yeah, Breaking Broadway stage. Yeah. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What were you asking? Oh, Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yes. So, like, Just in general. What was your relationship to Beetlejuice before this was, you know, you, you went into it? Oh, yeah. It was a movie. So, it was, yeah. It was a movie. Literally, it was like I saw the movie as a kid. Yeah. And then I, um... I got kind of fed up with the fact that Australia has the most incredible performers, directors, designers. Um, we make a lot of great theatre, but musical theatre is one of those things where I think be, probably because of the economy of scale, we have 24 million people in our country, whereas the United States has like 345 yeah. million people. So um, it's an expensive art form and it doesn't happen as much as it should and there's also you know without kind of digging the boots in not enough um government investment in the ecology of everything from the page to the development to the stage um so i got a little fed up with being a a music theater writer in australia i'd written musicals i started as a um comedic kind of guest cabaret comedy performer and performed in comedy festivals in Australia and in the UK um, and New Zealand. Um, But I wanted to get my hands on a score and more than that, I wanted to collaborate with other people. I felt like I was in a vacuum 
And my wife, Lucy, just said, why don't you buy a ticket go to New York? And I didn't know anyone or really anything. And I, I bought a ticket. I got on a plane. And um, I'm good friends with uh, uh, Tim Minchin. Who, yeah. Who, oh, um, sure, yeah. We performed together. He played <coughs> piano in my band. We were um, kind of coming up in the comedy scene at the same time. And he recommended that I have a meeting with his agent, John Bozzetti at WME. And I mm-hmm. met him and I gave him the most outrageously Australian <laughs> kind of source material that I'd written. One, a musical about a famous cricketer. So, <laughs> so that's always going to you know, ring some bells. And then also um, a song cycle I'd written about the suburb that I grew up in in Melbourne. So if if you could think of anything more specific geographically, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> New York was, has been begging for those. Yeah, ideas. It's like, oh, I want to hear about Melbourne. Um, so, but for some reason, Bazzetti saw you know past the um, the kind of content and kind of liked the writing, and we started working together. And I heard that Beetlejuice was going around, and I remember in a meeting I said to my agent. Um, do you reckon I could pitch on Beetlejuice? Because I knew the script had been in development, but I didn't have a composer or lyricist attached. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll ask. So he asked, and three months later he came back and he was like, yeah, nah, they don't want you to pitch on it because, you know, I know, you, you know, you're Australian, you, your material is very Australian, and, uh, you know, you've got a weird name. And... Uh, <laughs> oh! You know, so they're like, Eddie Perfect for me. So they were like, no, we've already got it out to pitch to some quite significant um, Broadway composing and and um, lyric writing teams. So I said, what if I just wrote some songs for free? You know, would yeah. that sweeten the deal? And he went back and asked them. And then a couple of months later, they came back and they said, yeah. And they sent me the script. And they said, write a song for Lydia and write a song for Beetlejuice. And we had this um, phone meeting, which was with Alex Timbers. Um, I was in... Brisbane uh, performing in a musical at the time. Oh, I went there too. That was on my travels. Yeah. Well, during you know while I was trying to find work, right down the coast. Yeah. While yeah. you were hacking away at the. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were like, guys, got any work? Um, yeah. <laughs> that was a good American accent. Yeah. Yeah. I was there impressed. Was a cross on the door. And you're like, there's, <laughs> there's a depression side, but we need work. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I. Um, and in the conversation with Alex Timbers, he was like, yeah, we're thinking the score should be, you know, a little circusy, a little carnival, a little bit oingo boingo. And I, I was like, oingo. oingo boingo, what? So I didn't know, and you're, you're like... Yeah, what does that mean? Right, yeah, right. <laughs> so I didn't know at the time that oingo boingo is Danny Elfman's man, yeah. Danny Elfman, who wrote uh-huh. the score oh, to Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I was like... Um, <laughs> I had no, if I had even just like Googled that, I would have worked that out. Right. But I was like, yeah, I know what you mean, man. Like, oingo boingo. I know. <laughs> so I went away just thinking, oingo boingo, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Oingo boingo. And I turned myself inside out writing this song for Beetlejuice. And I was very blessed because the script had been in development for three years. And the way that Anthony and Scott had written it was it was like a scene and then in. Big parenthesis, song? this bolded brief of what a song should be, you know. Oh, um, that's helpful. Yeah. Beetlejuice is trying to sell himself to the Maitlands as a, as a person that is going to fix all their problems, going to exercise the living from their house. Um, that was what the whole being dead thing was. 
And I was like, okay, so I started writing this song and it was a very complicated song because it, it kind of cycles through a lot of different musical styles. And that was something that, you know, I, I, I'd been doing quite a lot with um, in, in a live context. I played with a band called mm-hmm. The Renovators and our whole thing was taking like very popular pop songs at the time and just kind of pulling them apart musically and um, finding weird ways through them. So I kind of put that treatment onto this song um, and yeah, so out of the blue, I, I uh, sent these songs in and didn't hear anything for months and months. And I got a call saying that I'd gotten the gig and I'd oh. never met any uh, any of the people involved. That's so nuts. never met um, Scott and Anthony, even though we were emailing back and forth. Never met Alex Timbers, even though we'd you know, spoken and emailed. And I yeah. n- certainly never met Mark Kaufman, our um, executive producer. So when I got the gig, I mean, I just lay down on the street in the middle of Melbourne, just lying lying on the sidewalk, just couldn't believe mm-hmm. that this had happened. Because it had been my dream to write musicals, you know, and I'd been coming to New York for three years, knocking on doors, taking meetings, seeing shows, um, always felt like, you know, face pressed against the glass. How do you get on that great big writer list in the sky? And so that was like... Um, Incredible, and what's amazing about writing is that you know you never get handed the tr- the trophy. Yeah, you get you know you basically get a door opened with a, a mountain on the other side, and someone gives you the opportunity to climb up it. And and for me, I was like, this is amazing. I, I this is my chance to um, take this take this mantle and run with it. And I kind of like made a vow to myself because I'm in Australia and obviously, you know, anyone knows anything about the kind of time difference. Um, America is night and day to Australia. And so whenever it was like, hey, guys, when are you available for a group call? Um, everyone would come back and be like, you know, 11 a.m. New York time, whatever. And that would be like 4 a.m. in the morning. And I just oh, like, whatever. I would just eat it. I was like, I'm going to eat it. Whatever it mm-hmm. is, I'll just, uh, I'll just wake up and I'll... I'd skateboard to the park. I had a, this, this great park bench that I used to sit in in the dark. Um, because, you know, if you're having a creative meeting, you don't want to be like, in your house, all my kids are asleep. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I really passionately feel is it, you know, you want to be able to go, ah, oh, I feel like this. And I, so I would, and I've got a loud, kind of weird, deep voice. So I would take myself to Prince's Park and I would sit on a kind of a table and chair and um, I'd take these crazy meetings in the dark and a lot of weird things happened in those and people would yell at me and joggers would come or like police would shine torches or you know like, um, <laughs> people would be like what is that sound they'd be like parrots waking up and just screeching mm-hmm. and so that's uh, that's you know that's what I did you know that's what I did to make it happen because uh, you know I was and am continually grateful um, all anyone wants is the, is a shot you just yeah. want the yeah. shot to be able to do it, you know. And I was when like, when did you I finally am, meet everyone? I'm not throwing away my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? What was that? When did you finally meet everyone? Oh, but when I got the gig, I just booked opening a flight. night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god! Uh, no, so I uh, haven't. I flew. I flew <laughs> so over haven't. after I got the gig in. Um, I feel like it was like uh, February of maybe 2016. You'll know this better because you're New Yorkers. Sure. There was a massive blizzard. And when I got on the plane, uh, the Qantas flight in Australia, 
they were like, we don't know if we're going to be able to land. It was it was the blizzard that sh- it was the so it was the first the opening cast of uh, Hamilton, the original Broadway cast of Hamilton, mm-hmm. and there was a weekend where where Broadway shut down. Snow Day yeah. week. Yeah, that was definitely oh, that was 2016. Yeah. So it was a Saturday morning. We flew in. We were one of the first planes that landed. There was snow everywhere. It was insane. Thank you. Um, and my wife and I went to Central Park and it was all crazy. Um, and we saw... Found a bench to sit on and called some people. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was making me snow angry. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was oh, when I met everyone. Oh, that's a season, too. Isn't Australia opposite seasons? It yes. is. Yeah. That's it weird. Is. It so, summer. so it was summer when you got on the plane and then winter when you got here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's weird. Um, have you ever been to Tuesdays in the Corner with Kevin? It's Kevin's Corner. That one really got me. Good yeah, job. that was good. <laughs> so we're good as in a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Kevin's Corner where I have a list of uh, funny questions to ask, which I actually Googled funny questions to ask and found a website that was funny questions to ask. Right. So I'm going to just ask you some of these random questions and we'll see what you have to say. Can I ask why it's called Tuesdays? What, what? It's like Sundays in the Park with George. But Tuesdays our episodes in the come out on Tuesdays. Gotcha. That yeah. is why. Right. That Sorry. is weird that we've Sorry, never listeners. had to clarify that. That before. is weird. No we one's have ever had on Tuesdays. <laughs> Thank you. Scene study. <laughs> Those at home, it's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Adam's family. Uh, what kind of secret society would you like to start? Oh. oh. Ooh, ooh. Um, I would like to start a secret society where um, people dress up as um, um, like wild animals and attack and kill people that hunt them. So, like, you know, like people that trophy hunt? Yeah. Uh So, like, you could be like a zebra or a baboon or like a cheetah or whatever, and and you... you go, okay, there's this, there's this guy, um, it's Donald Trump's son or whatever, who's killed a giraffe, and you everyone you dress up as a giraffe, and then you go in, and you're like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> and, and you hunt the hunter. And that hunter wakes up, and, and you just, like, you kill that person as... As what As the kills. animal. The animal. What's the society called? It's called... Brilliant. Um what <laughs> Okay, in um, one sentence, how would you sum up the internet? Wow. The best and worst of humanity. <laughs> That's I mean that yeah. you nailed it. Um uh, you laugh first. What are what yeah. is the weirdest thing you have seen in someone else's home? I saw a medieval um like I don't even know how to describe like a medieval lance. It was like a uh, uh if you've ever been to like the mesh. Joust? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a jousting one. You know where it's got like a it's kinda of like um a, a long spear, but then it's got an axe. Yeah. Oh, oh sure. What's oh. Like, um, a mace. Uh a, no. A cannon, no. Uh <laughs> Keep keep going. I'll, I'll look it up. I forget okay. what it's called. Anyway, he had, one, he had one of those in his wall, no. and it was like a it was like a high school kind of party at his house, and he was quite a high kind of he's quite the medievalist kind of like you know re- Renaissance kind of dude. You know those high schoolers. Yeah, you know a halberd, a hal a halberd, halberd, H A L B E R D. Show me a picture. It's a halberd. Is it like this? 
That was what it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing a picture of it right now. Yeah, I, that, that's the end of I it. I knew it's because I because that's. Yeah, uh, why did you know that so quickly, you creep? Because <laughs> I play. Uh, Were you in Brian's apartment when you saw? No, this? I play Zelda. All one of the weapons in Breath of the Wild is a halberd. Breath of the Wild? Yeah. That sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it breath? Like with a D? What? It's like, dude, you got halitosis. No, it's just Breath of the Wild. Is it with a no. D? Breath No, it's like, it's like, breath. Breath. It is? Creep. What would be the worst <laughs> buy one, get one free sale of all time? Um, oh, God. Um, coronavirus. That's what I was thinking. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that, that uh, Woody Allen joke, isn't it? The food was terrible, but in such small portions. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. I don't know. I don't know. I, can I skip that one? I can't even sure. think of anything funny about it. Uh, if your five year old self suddenly. Oh, fa- a Christmas tree. Oh, that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> if your five-year-old self suddenly found themselves inhabiting your current body, what would your five-year-old self do first? Cry. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why am I so big? What happened? What did you do to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. If you die and find out that everyone gets to choose a 12 foot by 12 foot square to stay in alone for eternity without being able to influence or contact the living world, it's like Beetlejuice, uh, what 12 foot by 12 foot square would you choose? Um, this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the this alcohol recording class, yeah. just the alcohol It'd class. basically just be like an endless podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Kevin's Corner. Cheers. 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 So, <laughs> so you were talking about having a show on Broadway, but you, you had two on Broadway for a bit. Oh, yes. Um, what was... <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, in terms of like... That's it. Regardless of success of shows, like mm. you had two shows running concurrently for a little bit. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Super cool. In the biggest houses we have. Yeah, there's, yeah, it was there's great. very it was, it was few insane. people who can say that they had two shows on Broadway at the same time, much less two shows in the biggest theaters on Broadway. With big giant cool puppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, both, with both with cool puppets. That's that's right. Is that part of your contract that every show you do has to have puppets? Well, actually, I, weirdly in Australia, I'm also right. Um, Plays and and I wrote a play called um, Big Puppets, Vivid White, which was a, which was about the apocalypse and home ownership, and it was kind of like about a species taking over the earth, and they had a giant puppet octopus. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Was that part um, of your pitch for when you did King scary. Kong? You're like, I already work with puppets; they know me very well. Well, the King Kong was, was <laughs> super weird because um, it had already happened in Melbourne, and I saw it, and I really liked it. Uh huh. So oh. you, you weren't a part of the Melbourne production? No, no, no. I came along. I came, Basically, there was the Melbourne production. I didn't realize they rewrote music for the Broadway version. Well, the original production had like um, kind of a, maybe like um, uh, SpongeBob is, is, is a good analogy. Oh, a, a like a bunch of people wrote stuff. Yes. And impressive people like the Avalanches, Sarah McLaughlin, um, oh. Guy Garvey from Elbow, um, um yeah, all these kind of big, heavy... The arms of an angel in King Kong no. <laughs> I literally thought of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I had this, yeah. this amazing song called... Uh, what was it called? Um, I, I, yeah, I can't remember. But it was a beautiful song. When anyway, somebody loved her, when everything the, was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I came along very... There was another workshop with um, Jason Robert Brown and Marsha Norman. Oh. And I have no I idea what happened. There was a workshop of that, but then that didn't go any further. And then I came along kind of at the... Basically two years before it premiered. Um, here? Here. Okay. Um, and it was sort of like... Was um, this after you got Beetlejuice or before? Yeah, after. About 18 oh. months after I was working on So is something like Beetlejuice, like that you're working on it, like does that... Obviously that boost your resume for them to kind of... Yeah, I think that was part of it. Sure. And... Um, I basically uh, had finished doing a workshop at Beetlejuice in um, December and then the producers were like, would you like to sit in a room um, in London for three days just to hash out a structure of the show? Um, Jack Thorne, book writer, is going to be there. Jack Thorne who wrote Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Amazing playwright. Um, Drew McConey, who's an incredible choreographer and director. Um, uh, uh who, who else was in there? Um, uh, the musical supervisor was in there, and there was a bunch of producers. And, and Murray's DeVries, who were, who were <laughs> musically supervised Ooh. and um, orchestrated and written for the original show and kind of brought all of those disparate kind of songwriting elements together. So we sat down and we hashed out a plan for the structure of the show, and we pitched it to um, Roy Furman, who is an incredible uh, investor producer, and he was really into it, and we went back to the Broadway theatre saying this is what we've got and they were like yeah you can go forward and for two years we workshopped and wrote this version Mm -hmm. of um, King Kong and it started off as like a kind of a kind of connected book musical with people singing to each other and then there was this maybe six months in I want to say I mean I'm not sure but very early on um, there was a moment where the director Drew McConey was like I don't want to make a uh, connected book musical. I want to make something that's like um, uh, not tradi- not traditional, but that uses elements of contemporary puppetry, um, contemporary dance, book scenes, songs, uh, choreography, puppetry, and we're going to make this kind of piece. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. So I went from writing like you know like a whole score. what I thought was a whole score to like maybe eight songs and um we workshopped it in places like london we did workshops in new york and it was uh even noblezada did one of the workshops right yeah she was so great yeah she was so great she's even noblezada also sierra renee um i really loved her she had this really kind of like strong um kind of no holds barred take on the role. She's mm-hmm. in Frozen now, right? She's yeah, Elsa. Elsa. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a lifelong fan of her. Like I really, yeah. really dig her. Was she in uh Tick Tick Boom when you saw yes. it? Yes. Mm. On election night. Oh yeah, 2016. 2016 I was at Tick Tick Boom. George Salazar. And it was yeah. it was George Salazar and Sierra and was it Gideon? No, or it was Alex uh, Wise. No, who was the original I don't remember. Oh God, what was his name? I know who he is. He was amazing. 
They were all amazing. It was the best way to spend that night if it was Nick possible. Blamire? Nick Blamire. Nick yes. Blamire. Right, right, right. The three of them were amazing, and it made that whole evening so incredible for me to just shut out the world and well, see beautiful theater. I guess. Yeah. In in terms of like you had two shows, but like what was that like to have two shows running on Broadway at the same well, time? Well, I think it was a mistake. In oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like, yeah because it's because um, <clears throat> one show is more than a more than a full time job. One show is like. Your life gone. Your wife is like, where are you? And what was the timeline of when they opened? So was, there was there was this is this is crazy. So there was a point at which, so I never wanted them to happen at the same time. Sure. Obviously, for, I wanted to be available for both of them, but there was this point at which um, very different producers, separate producers, decided their timeline was what it was, and what it was, it was what it was, and. So I had several meetings at New 42 where, for a time, um, Beetlejuice was on one floor and Kong was on another floor. This is like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, you keep, like, changing <laughs> in your bathroom to go to the next. That's a great analogy. <laughs> so, you know, like, I, I was kind of going between um, levels and yeah. trying to work out what to do. That's crazy. Um, but then there was an excruciating part where Beetlejuice then, Beetlejuice was rehearsing to go to Washington, D.C. to the National. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And so I had to travel between the National and the Broadway <gasps> theatre. Oh. And so I would... Um, Amtrak was your friend. You know, we kind of laid out the schedule and we agreed on it, but then things changed. And one of the big things that changed was when we did the first preview for Kong. You have to remember like that, that Kong was like... Created in a rehearsal room at a human scale. The choreography was vibrant. The scenes were connected. The, the songs were great. Everything was kinetic and exciting and amazing. But the thing that um, was different about King Kong was that the puppet does not exist outside of the Broadway theater. Yeah, Broadway yeah. theater. The space where it's designed for it has Literally to be Literally, the Broadway so theater. So we, yeah. we had split rooms, which is not um, unusual for a Broadway show, but. The puppeteers were working these huge days every day at the Broadway Theatre, um, with um, you know, with the director directing them all through their movements, and you know, it was a slow process because there's one, there's like three people on one arm, and you know, and it was exquisite. Like the puppet movement was puppet's amazing, exquisite. But, yeah. but what was never quantified was what happens Bringing when you bring together. the human and the puppet oh. together. Which is what the show's about. Yeah. So yeah. the first preview was. Amazing! I'll never forget it. So we're in the Broadway theater. It's it's kind of a it's a totally packed house, mm-hmm. and the show starts. And at that point, on the first preview, Kong didn't arrive until about maybe forty two minutes into the show, oh. and, it, and that was kind of okay because people were adjusting to the story. It's a big opening number, Queen of New York. It mm-hmm. seems yeah. really kind of like we're on a human story, on a human kind of like journey, and then. Um, the moment where uh, Anne gets trussed up in the vines and Kong, so, you know, yeah. so good. And then he's a super raw and sound design is freaking amazing. And yeah. Peter Hylinski is a genius and it's like amazing. And there's like boom, boom, these things. And he grabs her and he starts to run down the mountain and she's flailing. And yeah. And, and that's crazy. But after that, there was no, hu- there was no human story. And whenever we kind of cut back to these human book scenes and... At, at about the kind of three-quarter mark through Act 1, I started to hear coughing. And I'm a firm believer that people don't cough in the theatre mm-hmm. unless they're disengaged. And 
It's done. Yeah. That line from Rogue. Shakespeare in the Park? Yeah. Bill Shakespeare's new play, let's go cough through it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was yeah. insane. And it started in the orchestra and it spread everywhere and to the point I was like, am I being punked? Am I in like kind of sound, some sound? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And so by the end of that first preview, we were like, we knew that there were issues with the show. And so much changed from that show um, from the first preview to opening night. I remember were, when we saw it. We saw it. It's I on the calendar. I don't remember. Second or Kevin and I saw it together before you and Jay saw it. Right? We, we all saw it in previews. Yeah, we all saw yeah. it in previews. So we saw it like maybe the second week of previews. Well, there was a new. There was about three new songs by the time we got to. Him wow. Stop. While you were also the show that Beetle. you had also written was in. You were Beetlejuicing. Yeah, Probably yeah. Probably also Beetlejuicing. changing a lot. I mean, I was in Beetlejuicing, but then writing um, the new Act Two opener for. King Kong at night, overnight, and not re- not really. Did you ever send the wrong song to the wrong show? <laughs> <laughs> Beetlejuice is like, yeah. I don't really get what this is about. Yeah, King Kong's like, why is Dead sound? Mom a song? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I wish. So, so, I guess before we play our last game, is two questions. One is working on two shows at the same time. Like, what's it like? Just taking a breath and like switching your brain, like flipping a switch and 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 writing the King Kong songs and then trying to like take a second, trying to switch over into the Beetlejuice mindset, one. And then two, what is, and no, just one. Well, I would say that depending on the writer, the idea of juggling multiple shows while you're writing them is not a problem because I feel like um, as a writer, you kind of need to... You can't just like write a, a couple of bars or a song on one show and uh, in one day, and then just after lunch write the the song of another show. Because as a writer, as a as a composer, you're trying to create a language, a musical language for your show, and they're very they're very unique things, and you need to keep them unique. And some people would say you shouldn't write multiple projects; you should write one project and just live in that thing but I actually feel that you can uh, actually know know that you can quarantine them and that actually the quarantining of one project from the the other actually helps the creative process so I would often go so that as a writer you uh, you, you basically lying to everyone all the time including yourself like th- this thing's going to be delivered this time or yeah I've got that no worries I've got a great idea for this thing and you, you, you know, you're basically like a professional liar, which is fine. Yeah. Right. Except that when you While do... While you're finding the truth in the characters. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Because no one is, no one sees or cares or knows about... Your process and... Your yeah. process, you know. It's you in a room. Yeah. So you need to do everything you can to create this force field around your creative process. So when I was juggling Kong and Beetlejuice, often the the most fruitful time for one project was when we just finished doing a development presentation of the, the other one. So a Kong's just sure. done a, a development. We, we showed the showing and everyone's got a million notes and you know there's a bazillion emails like, yeah, I may want to be this, this, this. And that is the perfect time because no one expects you to turn around any work. For maybe, I'm, and I'm a fast writer, but I'll be like, okay, I think... You know, even the most conservative estimate is two two weeks before anyone starts 
to expect you to turn around other stuff. So you've got two golden weeks to work on the other show <laughs> where you're like, screw that other show. Who cares? I'm now in the Beetlejuice bubble and I'm doing this and sure. that and, you, and, you, and you're all about Beetlejuice for two weeks. And you do need to kind of let that show possess you uh, and then you do it and then you deliver it and then you go, okay, now I'm onto this, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's possible. And I actually think it's actually helpful because oftentimes I would get to a point where I actually feel like Broadway is too slow. The development is too slow. Years so we're, and years. We're and watching years. The, the the Gwen Verdon, Bob Fosse yeah. show. Yeah. We're yeah. like, how long did it take them to make Chicago? What, a year, two years? Or yeah. Whatever? So we're ready to go. It's like, now if you pay um, a book writer or a composer a certain amount of money to develop a show, yes, it might seem like um, a good amount of money, but it has to last from wherever you start to wherever you get to on opening night. That could be six years. Yeah. But I'm like, screw this. Why can't you get people's exclusivity anymore? Mm-hmm. I used to be always frustrated. I'd be like, true. hey, dude, can, can you give me some feedback on this song? Or what's happening now? Have you got any thoughts on this? And they'd be like, sorry, I'm putting in, you know, like, you know, Glen Gary, Glen Ross at the Barbican, or I'm doing whatever. And you, you don't have access to those people. No, everyone is juggling multiple projects. Mm-hmm. And that's a very good thing to do. And professionally but um creatively sometimes you're like jesus what if we all just took the money whatever pool of money there is as bad as it is and it never gets better and just we're like for this 12 months these 12 months we're going to hash this show out and we're going to make it happen yeah there's so much downtime on broadway it does my head in sure yeah yeah shows can take Seven, ten they, years. That's what they say nowadays. Broadway. The average Broadway seven. show takes seven to ten years to get to Broadway. And I think that yeah. time is good to fall out of love with ideas and to test ideas. And I yeah. agree with all that stuff. And everyone thinks that, you know, broad, uh, that Beetlejuice was a fast process and that was like four years. And I came after three years of script development. So, oh, I mean. Wow. So you're like, let's yeah. go, let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, let's go. Yeah. There's a kind of a, a, a graph, I think, which charts the, you know, there's a, you know, enough time to fall out of love with an idea and not to be like enamored mm. by the newness of it. But then also to be able to go, I think we're now just kind of spinning our wheels or we're just like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. It's a yeah. difficult thing to get right. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's a new thing. Development is a very new thing, and I think we should question it all the time. And yeah. I think it, not only does it change depending on um, um, the times that we live in, but it should change depending on the writers that you've got involved. If yeah. people are like, I've got nothing else going on, let's make this happen, then we yeah. should super speed it. Cool. Let's play a final game. Sure. Yes. Let's do this. Um, let's bring this bell into the middle of the table. Okay. We're going to play... <laughs> Just a silly game called Practically Perfect. Oh, I see where that came from. Uh, what? Yeah, my love of Mary Poppins. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, huh? It's basically just a really fast improv game. Okay. We can do a few different rounds, but the first round is the namesake of the game. Mm-hmm. Sure. And just change one letter in the title of a show to make it just a little bit wrong. Okay. It's almost perfect. And what do we have to do? We have to... 
And just buzz in and do, and whoever gets right. the most, just whenever you can come up with one. Mm-hmm. And we'll just go for two minutes, and then if we think there's a funnier version of the game, we can do it again. I didn't hit start. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, go. Legally Bland, a story about a boring girl. You don't really need to specify it. Okay. Annie's. The Lion Kong. <laughs> That's a good one. That's the reason for the game. I came up that this morning. Did you really? Yeah. All right, right, right. Um, Beetlejuice with an A, like he beats juice. <laughs> King King. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. All right, I'm with you. Kong King. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can do it. Yes. Titsy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, <laughs> now we're all Mr. Doubtfire Fun day in the park with George <laughs> no. Home <laughs> Sweeney Tad Tad. Yeah, Tad. just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Men of La Mancha. Lair? About, like, bad guys' layers. Yeah. Instead of what? Hair. Oh. <laughs> Phil Monty. It's a story about gaining weight. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh. Um... Or or other ways to fill people. Cots. About nice things to sleep on. Instead of what? Cats. Oh, <laughs> um bats. Also oh right, yeah. Cats bats. Okay, that's two minutes. Fat boy. <laughs> oh, I was gonna, I was gonna do cat boy. <laughs> okay, again. Joseph and his amazing technicolored cream coat. <laughs> <laughs> That's an image. That you don't have to describe think, anything. Think about it. The mental think, image. Think is about it all there. day. <laughs> the last five bears. <laughs> yes. Greece with two E's. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, Picked. It's oh, wicked, yeah, but yeah. with a P. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. sure. Uh, I'm just scrolling through billboard, like marquees in my mind. Fan of La Mancha. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's me. It's about me. It's about Brian. Uh, Who's afraid of Virginia's wolf? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All my guns. Oh, <laughs> oh. The American joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 my fair lads. Lame. <laughs> Lame. Okay, that's that. Yeah, that was fun. 
So, uh, we were talking a lot about Beetlejuice, but the reason you're here today is the Beetlejuice album is now out. Mm. How exciting is that, that you have uh, a musical out on a full album? Yeah, it's crazy, because we never got to make an album for King Kong. Yeah, that, Wait, yeah. really? Yeah, so we I, never made an album for King Kong. I have the there physical... was the YouTube music video for the first song. Uh, yes, Queen and Neil. Yeah, that, yeah. Had yeah that was fun. Well, I have the physical album here um, from Ghostlight Records. Um, do you know what track eight is? Yeah. What is it? It's like this really moody track. I don't know. No! <laughs> He's like, I just wrote the thing. <laughs> I don't know. Eight uh, is no reason. No reason. Yeah. Right. Nailed it. No oh, reason. that sounds so funny. Do you know what track 16 is? Um, Can you creepy guess? old guy. Oh, off one by one. That. One before that. Um, home. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know why we quizzed you on your own album. So, <laughs> so, but, like, what? what's... I mean, your album was, with, like, the most streamed Broadway of the year or something like it's that? It's insane. It's insane what's going on Also, the TikTok yeah. stardom. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess, what's your... Like, what's... Is this anything you ever imagined? So I, I got to tell you that um, expectation I've, versus reality. I've never, I mean, I'm, I've had people perform my songs that I've written in Australia, and then there's a couple of songs that have been more popular than others. Like one that I wrote about um, Melbourne called "A Place by the River." A friend of mine, Kate Sadler, created a um, choral arrangement of it that she's then gone on to teach to choirs, and she's cool. sold to lots of different choirs, and that gets performed a lot. And that's kind of like about my ambivalent relationship to being in Melbourne. Like, I, I love it, but I also feel kind of trapped by it. And, um, uh, you know, will I ever, you know, live anywhere else and all that kind of stuff, you know. So that is about the extent of how much people perform my music in Australia. And then when I came to do... Um, Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. you know, like we we wouldn't. I mean, I don't know if you can cast your mind back to, you know, April twenty fifth, but we were not a slam dunk. We were not a slam dunk, and yeah, you know, we got kind of mixed reviews. Um, and the one thing that we got, not the one thing, the the one thing we got at the Tony Awards, but the but the the big thing we got at the Tony Awards. It wasn't about awards for us. It was about the opportunity to perform at the Tony Awards. Yeah. And we had this golden opportunity. And we really felt that we would, we'd written ourselves off the rope since DC. And then we had this opportunity to perform. And we were like, what are we, we going to do? And we were very fortunate to have a fourth wall-breaking protagonist. Yep. And so I was like, what if we just like rewrote the song to be about the Tony Awards? And Well, using the Winter Garden lyric would have been weird. It would have been very weird. Right. <laughs> so I rewrote the whole lyric. Everyone had it and we were all rehearsing it. And then I turned up to the Tony Awards rehearsals at Radio, Radio City. City Music Hall. Yeah. Which I had never been in in my life. Until you were at rehearsals for the Tony. Yeah, and I walked in and I freaked out. I was like, this place is... It's giant. It's insane. Yeah. And also at that point, um, I had lost touch with my own reality. I didn't know what was good. I didn't know what was bad. Sure. I didn't know what was funny or not. I didn't know what was tasteful or not. You know, I was always a little bit on the outside being Australian. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like I kind of been smashed around the park a little bit. And so we were rehearsing and I was like, yes, this is the, you know, Timbers and 
had re- rehearsed this amazing version of it with Alex Brightman and um, all the ensemble were killing it and Sophia was amazing and uh, Leslie was amazing and Kerry was amazing and Rob McClure was amazing and Adam mm-hmm. Danheiser was amazing. It was all great. But I was like, I don't know. I don't know what this is anymore. I don't know what is good anymore. Um, I, I'm not being like humble. I literally you, was sure. like... I have no idea. And we rehearsed and I was like, that's the great version. That, that's a really great, well-rehearsed, solid version of this completely new version of this opening number that we'd written with a whole bunch of untested jokes. And then I just couldn't stay. I actually had to leave. I was like, I've, I've got to go. I'm, I have no idea. And I didn't check back in with it until the night of the Tonys and my mm. wife, Lucy, and I got dressed up and we went along. And, you know, we made this conscious decision because, you know, as I said, you know, being a kind of, um, yeah, wonderful but slightly bruising experience, we're like, we're just kind of, we're going to go to Radio City Music Hall. I've been nominated for a Tony Award. It's insane. I don't have no expectations about anything. I'm so excited to be in the room my entire life. All I've ever wanted to do was to write musicals. And I wrote myself from friggin' Melbourne, Australia, somehow all the way to New York. And I felt like very much like an outsider, but I was so grateful to the art form, an art form that I absolutely love and adore. And here I am in the kind of like the Valhalla yeah. mm-hmm. of yeah. music theater, you know? And it, and it was overwhelming and insane. And I was like, all. I'm so excited to be here. So we had a great time. I was sitting in front of Casey Nicolau and they're like famous people everywhere. And, you know, um, everyone's there for varying reasons. And when um, Beetlejuice came out and we did our number, I was sitting there and I watched it. And Jesus, Brightman, I mean, <laughs> Brightman, Brightman... Brightman's ability to learn a new version of a song that he's performing eight times a week and rehearsing that version while he's still doing the original version, uh-huh. it blows my mind. And, like, you know, he's... He, he could do Into the Woods. Yeah, he could do Into the Woods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, actually, but it would stress yeah. him out. He's a human being, you know, like, yeah. he's, he's an absolute... But he's a monster and he has this quality that I find so interesting. It's like, you know, he doesn't... It's not like he doesn't feel anxiety or stress or pressure about the idea of deliver, delivering maybe like 20 new jokes, yeah. 20 new lyric, lyrical jokes to a, you know, a live, live television audience. audience of I don't know how many million, probably more than actually live in Australia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he has a kind of like a pull the ripcord and, you know, jump out of the jump out of the plane kind of mentality and He's, he, he was so great. And I watched it and I was like, I don't know. And I turned to Lucy after it was done when everyone was applauding. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Do you, think that was, do you think that was good? And she's like, I think everyone did a really great job. And um, we tried to go to an after party, but then we just got bored. And we were like so <laughs> full of ad- adrenaline and just like didn't really, also didn't really know anyone. So we were like, let's just go have a drink and go home. Yeah. And then um, I think at that time or maybe before or maybe a little bit after the album came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the combination of that album and that performance 
have this crazy effect. And every week the numbers would start to jump up. And um, I would get these emails from um, Kurt Deutsch at Warner Chapel, who's my um, music publisher mm-hmm. and a really lovely guy. And he created, you know, a ghost like Shishkaboom records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A huge champion and created the kind of modern version of what a cast album should be. Yeah. He would send me these numbers and be like, you know, you a million people listen this week. And I was like, that is inconceivable yeah. to me. And it would grow every week and just kept growing and growing and growing. And then it found this online audience through um, YouTube and through um, fan art and through TikTok and through all of these different places. And so people had the, the songs resonating with them and the ideas resonating with them and no one has ever paid that much attention to anything I've ever written in my entire life. Well, at Broadway Con when we went like... Everybody was, was dressed up as Beetlejuice. And, yeah, like, really? Was Did you go to Broadway Con at all? Did you get to go? No, I didn't even get invited. <laughs> really? Oh. No. Oh, How no. do you get to go to Broadway Con? I don't even yeah. know. You'll be our guest next year. All right. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. It was, was incredible. Like, there were so yeah. many Beetlejuice and Lydia's. Oh, yeah. Like, Brayman was over. our guest between. Uh, right after DC, DC before, opening. before before opening, he was really? on Broadway. Con yeah, yeah. he has been on twice now. That's crazy. Yeah, and you he's know, Broadway Con is so great. You know, <laughs> and I, you know, I realize there's this inc- incredible audience for people that want to digest ideas mm-hmm. and want to listen to music and dissect it, but also who want to just play it and listen to it. And that, yeah. Yeah. to me, is like that's. What music theater is about? That takes yeah. me back to the combi van. Yeah, yeah, with uh, your parents. And, yeah, that's I, so true. I, I, Todd. I, I yeah. just imagined I was Sweeney Todd, or I, or I was Mrs. Lovett, or I was like you know, um, Toby or whatever. I was like inside those stories, and for me at that point, it was the combination of what is the potential to tell stories with um, with music and lyrics and with spoken text what are the, what are the combinations of theater and music to tell a story they seem to me so exciting and infinite and they came packed with their own inbuilt kind of emotional response you know music has a always had a massive effect on me and so to put something out there that people respond to and have an emotional reaction to yeah. even if it's way outside the context of the show I'm like any time that Broadway can push into um, popular culture, you know, popular culture invade, should invade Broadway, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, well, it's important yeah. to bring, yeah. you know, but popular yeah, the music. other way, yeah. yeah. And it's great when it pushes back into it as well. So to have that happen, it has to happen kind of organically. You can't really yeah. c- control that. But I am, I'm like a bemused like completely shocked and very grateful spectator on the outside of that. And I love, I love musicals. I think they are important and they're, they're fun and they're vital and they're a great way for people to experience stories and music True. and they should live forever and they will. Yes. Well, on that it's note, that brings us to the end of our episode. It does. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Yeah. You can come back whenever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. No joke. Yeah. We'll fly out to Australia and do a Melbourne episode. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Yes. Absolutely. Now that we'll, call the Beatles, it, right? we'll, we'll, we'll call the Beatles producers. We'll get them out. We'll call <laughs> the nine to five producers and get them out. Yeah. They'll bring you out. Dolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called Dolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, oh, she's yeah, all over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, um, she'd be fun. You can follow Eddie uh, at Eddie uh, Perfect and then at Ed, Ed, Edmund Perfect. 
On Instagrams, yeah. Yeah. Like Edmund Perfect. Yeah. That's my or name. Or just search for him and you'll find him. Yeah. Um, you can follow us at Broadwasted hey, that's on us. all social media. Tell um, us if we should get a TikTok. <laughs> and tell uh, us what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't start scrolling, but I can't post anything. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, but you can find us on iTunes. Rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars, please. And thank you. Uh, get the Beetlejuice album from Ghostlight. Do it. Um, do it. Go do get it. tickets to Beetlejuice. We've seen it mul- between the three of us. We've seen it like what six times? Something yeah. Like that. I've Something seen like it that. twice. You've both seen really? it. Really? I listened to twice. the episode where you guys first saw it in previews, and I was like holding my breath. I was like, "This is going to be so awkward." Oh, if you oh, guys yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you? I did like, you? God, did you? Accidentally listen to that episode? No, no, accidentally. I was like, what did they think? We probably tagged like that. We saw it. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah, probably. You we loved it. Way we more. loved it. An episode lot. called like you know pre Tony's or something. Beetlejuice. Oh, and you guys were yeah, very yeah. complimentary, and I was like, oh, we oh. loved it. We yeah. had so much yeah. fun. I, I oh drink out of my Beetlejuice oh. cup at home all the time. Oh, we had great. So much fun. Um, so grab tickets to Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, we end every episode with a quote. No, we don't. Yes. Now you're going aggressively. I know. Touch a touch a touch a me, touch a touch a touch a touch me. I want to yeah. be dirty, thrill me, chill me, fulfill me. Creature of the night. Yeah. From Rocky Horror, you can find a picture of twenty-two-year-old Kimberly Cooper. You can find a Rocky Horror picture. Yeah. Sure. Did you perform that? that at, don't tell me. Were you ever in it? Yeah. Wait, were you no, ever in Rocky Horror? No. Were you ever in Rocky Horror? Um, I don't think so, oh. but I did take a lot of drugs in. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. I, did a I mean, we're we all. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, we all kind of been in that show. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. You guys are we, amazing. We, I, yeah. Can I just say on another side note? Yeah. The the fact that there are people committed to theatre and Broadway that put their time and effort into making podcasts or whatever whatever this is so extraordinary and you do a great service to the ecology of theater and it's such a pleasure to be invited onto this show i'm thank you very much much. um again shout out to buttonwood grove winery oh yes thank you i have buttery but eddie thank you so much go see beetlejuice um, please go see Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's so good. Do it. Um, but Truly. we raise our glasses and we always say, It's all empty. Zoo-doo-wop-bum. Cheers. Cheers. Empty glasses. Yeah. Yeah. The button was good. Okay. Listen up. I'm not gonna lie. Couldn't frighten a fly Or scare a seagull off of a fry You ever stop to ask yourselves why Both of you are super polite Middle class, suburban, and white Well, all of that is finished tonight Except for the white part, obviously Take your places, I want scary faces Now go bigger, further, harder Not bad, sever ahead Someone you know Look at me, I'm so scary Don't be so vanilla Would a little anger kill you? Come on, drop your panties I'm trying to fill you with wisdom and skill And the instinct to kill Not again, we do not want to kill anyone Fine, but somehow, some way, You gotta make them see ya I'm talking jump scares The jerky Japanese ghost walk Plus, learn to throw your voice Call your friends, fun at party Now that is cool I wanna do that Whatever it takes to make them go crazy Raising stakes by 
you hate? Hate's a very strong word. Perhaps when people are late? Or getting pooped on by birds? No, what fills you with rage? Being mean to a pet. Chefs who use too much sage when they make their noisette. Over glutinous food. Or when kids call me dude. Oh, I find that so rude. Well, there's lots there to use. Take a deep breath and give me your best primal scream. Barbara, that was brilliant. Try it again, maybe this time pretend like you mean it. That was even better. I want freedom, but to get my freedom, I need them to get a living person to say my Yeah? Well, that was a soliloquy. So you're the one who's being rude. Whatever it takes to make them go crazy. Turn all the lights on. Dress like a baby. Adam, I don't even know. Get your hands in the game. Let's hide their phones. Screw their phones. These dopes are both homeless. How will I ever survive? Unless they get the fright of their wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.